Can you hear me? Do you remember that song? I I know like a cover. Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can, Can you hear me calling you? All right, we rolling? Yeah. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Tyler's here with me. Tyler, how are you? I'm doing good. This is the first episode I'm on that's going to release, I think. Is that true? Yeah, we've recorded like three, and those are all four years in the future. That's true. Those, But this this could air very soon. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great episode. Zach Levi is on the show. Shazam! It's everywhere. It's making hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm telling you, if you guys, anybody out there, ever has doubted themselves, ever had no self worth, or depressed, or anxious, or just a human being, if you haven't, you're super. You're actually a super person. You know, hearing him speak about his life and his experience and how he's grown as a person just it blows me away. I feel, I feel like I'm just, I can't stop listening where I'm like, I forget I'm in an interview. I'm just, I'm like, I'm at a seminar that I'm really interested in that I'm just trying to get to be a better person. And he's been through so fucking much. Anyway, Zach Levi, he's on the show. Uh, I'll be in some cons, conventions. I'll be in uh, Orlando and Dallas and um, Calgary, a bunch of conventions. So uh, look on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Thanks for listening and subscribing. That's really all I have to say. Do you want to say anything, Tyler? Yeah, I forgot to say it on the episode, actually. My yeah. mom, uh, foster parent, like two or three weeks ago, was asking me, like, hey, what's in theaters that I should go see? And then when, when Shazam came out, I was like, fuck yeah, it's that movie. That's, Did that's you movie say about, fuck yeah? I, I, like, texted her. I was like, this, it's this one. I saw it, and I was like, hey, guess what? It's it really one. is. You know, it's great. It's it's touching. It's sweet. It's he, Zach's a knockout. He's so funny. He's so charming. It makes me want to work out religiously. <laughs> He's awesome, and uh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to have him ride on a fat scooter. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of dark out, though. It's kind of dark, but I got a light on the fat scooter. Anyway, I'll do that next time. But uh, let's get inside Zach Levi. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Zach Levi's taking a piss, and he'll be with us here in just a moment. I think he actually said it was a shit. Nah. I think he was bragging about it. Superheroes don't shit, man. But supervillains do. They just can't shit in the suit. Yeah, those headphones. Put those on. And I'm going to put them on. Just give me a second. Take, I'm t- just sitting down I for know. those of you uh, listening at home. Yeah, he's very loud, by the way. <laughs> at least in my headphones. <laughs> hey. hey. That's, that's a pot calling the kettle black. Rosie. I'm loud. I am a loud fucker. He's a loud guy. Hey, let's, take a drink of that. Tell yeah, me what I'm you think. Take a that. drink of that. It's a it's sparkling drink with uh, some. Is it oh, good? Oh, so tasty. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It wasn't too much tequila. Hornitos tequila. With some, uh, what is this stuff, Izzy? Hornitos. 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 The horniest of tequilas. Can you speak Spanish? Un poquito. That means very little. A little. little. Well, it means a little, not very little. I know. Muy poquito would be very Very little. little. So I know enough to know what very little means. Bienvenidos a los Estados Unidos. Yeah, welcome to the United States. Me amo is Miguel. Your name is Miguel? Me too. (laughs) Yo tengo grande cabeza. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> means I have a big head. You do. 
Yeah, thanks. Do I, I have a large head? No, you don't have a large head. Yeah. I was making a, I was making an ego joke. You see. So you know what's funny is, uh, so I might have to have a little surgery, another surgery on my neck. What? They put an artificial disc and it didn't do well. But the good thing is, is no. Yeah. So I said, fuck it. I can't work for a couple months. So I went to the hairstylist today. Dude, you went for the shave, bro. Well, I just shaved good. it. I just trimmed it. Like a little buzz cut. I mean, I'm, that's a shave. You didn't shave. shave. You didn't use Smallville it. But you- <laughs> I didn't Smallville it, but I... Lo- you, 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 uh, what was that? Quasi-Luthered? The, <laughs> uh, the happy Luther? Mm-hmm. The, the Luth? You got the Luth. I did the Luth. You Luth. The Luther. No, was, what is that jarhead? You, you, you jarheaded it. Did I jarheaded it? This is a real treat you come in, and I thought for sure. I was like, man, he's got Shazam Press. You're all over the place. You were on Colbert the other night. Yeah, You're like, man. I mean, it's been amazing. Is it a, just a dream? Look, you've it's done the, the press. Well, I've it done was the all press. Oh, you mean dr- with other stuff? It was mean? all a dream. <laughs> it was all a dream. I don't know. I wish I knew Biggie better. We should know that. We should. We should. Yeah. Um, look, I've done considerable amounts of press uh, in various jobs that I've had in the past, but in somewhat different ways. Somebody recently asked me, they were like, you know, are you. Are you are you wrecked or like what what was the most surprising part of the whole the whole press tour and the truth is none of it was really a surprise in that I've done all the pieces of it I just have never done all magnitude. of those pieces the magnitude of it exactly right. so to go on like a 5 week national then international press where, tour Where where did you go uh, we started in Los Angeles on March 3rd and then basically every 3 to 4 days we changed cities and the order went L.A., Miami, Chicago, Toronto, New York, London, L.A., Beijing, L.A., Mexico City, New York. Private jet? No, 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 no. Just wait flying. a minute. DC didn't give you a private jet? No. Well, I mean, I'm not the there. Washington. I'm not there, man. You know, you know, uh, I, yeah. Well, no. I mean, I don't know. Maybe other people get private jets, but that's. Look, here's the thing. I, even still, I mean, the movie's out right now and it's doing very well. I still live in reasonable anonymity. I'm not getting popped and stopped at every street. Well, you live in Texas, and, buddy. I haven't even been home. I've That's been, anonymity. I've been, <laughs> I mean, you're living look, on 75 acres of God's green earth, dude, everybody. I'll, I'll tell you, I went and saw this movie. Now, I, I saw. You know, here's the thing with me. You know me. I'm not a. I know people think what they're going to say what, but I've never been a huge superhero fan. Mm-hmm. There's just to me. There's just like. So many of them, and it's like every hour there's a new one, yeah, and there's, there's a, a lot. New series. There's a lot there's, of it. Now. There's it's a very, lot, very saturated, and and it's hard to say that because I was a super villain, but I, you know, and I had a blast. Well, you I, were a villain. I don't know how super you. Yeah, were, I wasn't but... that super, but <laughs> I saw it occasionally. I'll see one from my friend if my if my friends are going to go figure. So I was there like within two nights. I went to see it because I, you know, I dude, my and friend. you sent me a text and said, oh. "Bro, I'm I got twenty people. We're all oh, going to yeah, see it." Bro. Literally meant the world to me. It mean it means the world. And by the way. For everybody out there that's listening, uh, obviously you're listening because this man has literally created such an incredible, genuinely incredible podcast, incredible opportunity for people to be real and talk and specifically in our business and talk about things that I think are very important that help to, particularly when it comes to mental health and destigmatizing and, and, and on all that jazz. But what I don't know every I don't know if everybody knows the hospitality part of the reason why I think this show works honestly is because you're a very hospitable host you're somebody who genuinely loves people and cares about people that's true and you. you also go out of your way and use your resource and energy to go and support people and believe in of people course, so yeah the fact that you wrangled you know because I've been on the emails sometimes they're like hey we're having we're watching the game or we're doing we're having a yeah. hangout or whatever and I'm very much like that too I love community I love all that stuff but that you go out of your way to 
essentially organize a tw- you know twenty person strong group to go see my <laughs> yeah. movie. It wasn't hard to get him to see it. I'll be honest with you. Well, that's great. I'm, People love these movies. And I told you this in the text. Like, you know, it sucks because, like, if your friend sucks in a movie or the movie sucks, you're kind of like, fuck. You can't tell him that. So you're like, dude, hey, yeah. great job. Yeah. I'm, I'm really tough. Like, I can't be. Like, I love you, Zach. But if I hated it and I just didn't think it was great or I just didn't, I would find a way to be nice, but I wouldn't go out of my way to be nice. Hey, Tyler's here with us. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what's great is Tyler, we just had a malfunction that you guys didn't hear because, uh, you know, of master editing. Literally just snipped that right out but, of there. But had it, I it mean, it was like time travel. I mean, just a little restart, a little uh, pokey poke. It literally was the, the the solution was the thing that all yeah. troubleshooting starts with yeah. was have you turned it off and then turned it on again? Yeah, yeah that's always Tyler, at first. <laughs> Tyler, you were you were a little freaked out because you're like, well, I'm used to this other device, right? You're what's it called? A zoom. Uh, yeah, the zoom. The zoom. No one cares, but I yeah. just said it anyway. Right. So he was going to use the people zoom. care I'm, I'm just because you don't care. Well, there's five audio engineers out there that care. There you go. This will also be edited. <laughs> Oh, this better oh. stay. This better mm. stay. Anyway, I was getting at, look, I went to see, uh, you were very uh, n- nice, kind in saying that, you know, I'm hospitable and I'm- uh, you, you are. Know, you're an, you're my very hospitable. And you're you're a, a incredibly big-hearted host who likes to gather people. Always, you were doing yeah. this uh, back at bowling nights when I didn't even know you but met you and was friends with Ali Hillis and all that jazz. Like, you've always been that kind of but guy. But I think that's a problem with me. Uh, it's only a problem if it's affecting the other areas of your life in, in their growth. Explain to me because see already we're gonna get deep because I see there's a sparkle in your eye or something where you're like only go ahead only if it's affect, only if it's affecting what? parts of my life no 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 only if it's a, a, affecting the growth what, of what other growth? parts of what your growth? life positive upward I, growth I don't know well I think that sometimes when you waste a lot of time on i'm not gonna say use the word waste but when you devote a lot of your time to making other people happy to fulfilling their days to not taking care of yourself as much as you should sure to that can be a problem but that's what i'm saying you were neglecting that's your what health. i got from what you said yes exactly and i do neglect my health yeah what you which you should not do we all yeah. here's here's one of the because it's guilt things I that guilt. i what you have guilt about what you know, it's like, you know, I got to go see my grandmother. I got to go see my mom. I got to help her out. I right. got to go help this okay. person. Okay. And I got to, and yeah. I don't, I don't always have to do things. And you help don't, people. You, you, you don't have to do any of those things. Right. I mean, that, that's the truth. Let me just preface all the things that you're, that anyone's about to hear in this podcast is these are all my opinions, my, my thoughts. These are things that I've come to form over 38 years of life and tons of therapy and reading various books and having so many different conversations with very interesting And that's people. why I know you had a, an answer for it. I have felt this opinion of yours <laughs> coming, which I look forward to hearing. Well, okay. Well, I mean, that's why I like this podcast because you're getting inside of me. <laughs> Again. You're, but you're getting inside of me. Again. I know. Well, by the way, and we did talk about this, like we were going to flip the script on this because I really want to get in. I want to get inside of The next time that. you come come over. Oh, the third time I get to interview the you? The third time. Okay, okay, okay. You know, I don't think I want anybody. Look, like Tom Welling came over and he interviewed me. We kind of interviewed each other a little yeah, bit, sure, sure. but it wasn't the same. I am telling you right now, the next time you come over, whether it's six months from now or what, you're going to interview me. Great, cool. Well, that's that, it. That'll you're be gonna, the trilogy. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and ask you questions. You're going to ask me questions. And I'm going to have to sit here and I take it. I love it. Oh, my God, yes. But you know what, man? Yeah. I, I got to tell you, I uh, <laughs> you're filthy. 
But yeah, you said, you know, if it's affecting your growth. And I think what happened was that immediately spoke volumes to me because I think it does with relationships, with I've dated girls who are like, oh, we're going to play softball with all your friends again. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, your friends are coming over again. Oh, we're there. So it's like you can't be alone with me. You need your friends around. And there's truth to it. I feel like I need what is that? What's going on? I, I know a, you're not a fucking therapist. No, 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 no. But, but you've bro, been through therapy. No, but I've been through it. I, no, I'm happy to weigh in. I, I, what I'm saying is that I don't know that there's an exact answer. I think that there are myriad reasons why uh, we are who we are. Uh, one of those things, and I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, is the Enneagram, which I would love to dive into uh, at greater length or depth, either in this uh, conversation or, or later. But right. I think that's – the Enneagram, by the way, for anybody who's wondering, is kind of a – it's like a cross between the Zodiac and the Myers-Briggs. It's like it is both deeply spiritual to to many, many people. It's also like – some very textbook psychology, literally, and it's all tied into the same kind of thing. You can go and Google it, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. When did you discover this? I discovered it actually, uh, ironically, or about two months before I ended up in super intensive therapy, and then the life coach that was a part of all of that brought up the Enneagram, was like, have you ever heard of it? I was like, yeah, I, uh, randomly a friend of mine had the app on their phone and I took the test and she goes, what number were you? And I said, I was a seven. She goes, yep, I would have called it as soon as you walked in the room and then got a couple of different books on the Enneagram and learned so much about what it is in there. And also because I actually, because I actually do subscribe to it more, I, I, will, I will say I subscribe to it more and then I subscribe to Zodiac or to numerology or to Myers-Briggs. I don't know, I, I don't know anything any- about this stuff. But what I, what I will tell you, and I want yeah. you to finish, the only reason before I forget this thought, which I think I forgot, <laughs> was, is that, you know, if I, if I go online, Zach, and yeah. I look up psychopath, characteristics of a psychopath, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty much, I go, wow, mom has 15 of 20. But if I go on there, I'm self-diagnosing myself. When you're talking about this thing, you say I'm a seven. Yeah. You, you being yeah, yeah, a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you? How are you sure you're a seven? You, you're not you, just I, thinking you're. No, a no, seven. no. Because look, is that a good question? One hundred percent a great question. What I would say is, I'm not somebody who's easily deluded. I, I have gone through my life and learned various things from people in places of authority in my life, specifically my parents or schooling or society or whatever, that have definitely conditioned me to have certain beliefs. I have tried my darndest throughout my life to challenge every single one of those things and try and get to the root of actual truth. Let's just say for the sake of argument, that gravity, the thing that we all know, that if you drop something on this planet, it falls at a particular rate right. based on its mass and velocity and yada, yada, yada. That is a truth. That is, that is you know what the truth to me is? I, I genuinely believe, because as a spiritual person, I do believe in a creator, right? I, I believe in a creator. Sure. Okay. Okay. And some people think that the creator is the universe itself or... or uh, give it different names or whatever, but let's at the very least to, to be able to at least agree that there is that entity, whatever that is, right? right. That intelligent designer. Yes. This is the matrix. This is there. The, the coding of this reality, let's say includes something like gravity. 
That's in the code of what it is. And to me, the code is the truth. And I think that there are things literally within our own souls that know the code. You know when someone is being authentic to you. You know, I mean, hopefully, obviously we can be deceived as yes. well. But you know when you feel like when somebody is being... Um, they want to get something from you. Yes, when they have ulterior motive. Like yeah. there, there's, how do you explain that? Other than there is a disturbance in the force. There is a glitch in the matrix. There is that kind of, you know, that deja vu, that black cat that you see twice and you go... I'm feeling something here, but what is that? What is that feeling yeah. other than something connected to what I believe to be some kind of spiritual realm or dimension, if you will. And there is a code that's been programmed and we can then feel each other and know each other. And, you know, there's look, there's all kinds of other examples of how human beings have been able to communicate. And even with in and within our own body, like monks who are out in the freezing cold and they put a wet blanket on them and they heat the blanket up with their own bodies so much that they the entire blanket dries and now they're warm in that blanket like the things that our even our body is able to do and how are you able to do that if it's just the physical world if it's just only actual brass tacks ones and zeros binary this is what it is so that so i think to to that extent there is a code and i try to find what I believe to be actual objective truth. I think, I think, it, I, I hope we can all journey there. Well, didn't uh, Tom Hanks search for that? Oh, that was Da Vinci Code. <laughs> How long <laughs> were you listening to what I was saying? You know what? I was coming actually, up with. I was actually, no, I didn't until you said code. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. No, uh, it's fascinating. I said code a long time ago. Like, you, you, you said <laughs> As soon as you said code, so like the last three minutes of my rambling? I believe believe in all that. Look, I have a lot of friends who are atheists. I have friends who are, they say they're agnostic. I don't see how someone's atheist. I think you have to have, it's sad to think that, like, I'm not saying. Didn't we talk about this last time? Yeah, but I think, you know, you have to have faith in something. I just feel like you have to have faith in something. Otherwise, why are we here? Just to to be? I don't I mean, yeah. I'm not. Look, t- I'm not I, I saying what I look. I'm not saying I'm a religious person. I'm not saying I go to yeah, church yeah. or I go sure, to a, sure. a temple or. Sure. Do you? Do you go to church? Um, I did for a lot of my life, man. I, I went to church a lot, and I don't necessarily have anything against, against it. Right. Church, in fact, I mean, like my journey started in and and still remains for the most part within, I guess, the lineage of or world of Judeo Christianity. Like I grew up in a Christian home. My mom was a Christian. My dad is a Christian. My stepdad, my grandma, like my mom's family on that side was Catholic, but that's still in the same line. You know, it's, you're growing up with a lot of the same biblical stories and, and, and tenants and uh, values and morals and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's easy for people to believe when you're a kid, you believe everything well, your parents sure. tell yeah, because, you. Yes, because the that's, that is literally your touchstone of, of what is reality and what right. is true. Yeah. And I, what's unfortunate is it's, that they're not they right. don't. They are not right a lot of the time. But we have to be able to, like we also talked about in the last time, yeah. we have to be able to forgive them that because they didn't know better, because they learned from their parents who didn't know better, who learned from their parents who didn't know better. We have to forgive... Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. Okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. 
It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside. And also, I will say, your developmental stages are, you know, that that those ages of yes, four dude. through ten, whatever they are, yes, young, dude. at a young age, and if you are abused physically, mentally, molested, all whatever it. it is, all it. they alter the course of your life in all a way it. that no one can possibly understand unless they've been there. And when that person goes to that dark side, it's not because they were born evil. It's because of all the things they saw around yeah. them growing up and witnessed, and th- that's that's what they thought. Like if was... you if you look at like a, an aluminum can, almost right, like a perfect aluminum can. It's right out of the the factory, and it's 
smooth and all all the lines are perfect. Pepsi great, great, great. or Red Bull? Hey, come on. Maybe it's a squirt. Red Bull tastes hey, like a laser. May, <laughs> maybe a dad's root beer. It's a dad. Hey. Um, so, <laughs> By the way, Tyler goes, I was listening to you and Zach's first podcast together, and you guys just went on about Harry Carey. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know who Harry Carey is, but I've heard you do Harry Carey 40 fucking times. I've heard you do it at least 10. Are you, yeah. Are you 18? How old are you, I'm sir? 25. 25. Yeah, he's young. That, this, that, this was somebody from the 60s, I'm guessing. No, I mean, he, he was still announcing into the I mean, 90s, wasn't he? I mean, he was, but yeah. he was in the 60s. Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong, man. But, he's but, not but, totally wrong. But look, I agree with you to, to a point, but it's very hard to... I had this conversation with Dax, Dax Shepard, yeah, on, yeah. on a plane where it started to get heated, where he was talking about mental illness, and I was like agreeing, but I was also saying uh, sexual molestation, uh, molestation, yeah. molestation, molesting. Yeah. Jesus, I can't speak. But you know, as a kid, there were some things that happened to me that, like, I dodged some bullets, and I still had. I still like I remember the feeling I had as a child, so scared, so nervous. What's going to happen? And I wasn't even molested, but it was close. Like I almost like I escaped, and I can tell you that story on time. And I will say that now, when I hear these stories, I can relate to that scared little boy or girl that is just that's going through that in a small way. Where I'm like, oh look, it's, uh, I. I, I I was molested when I was a kid by another kid and the ramifications of that have followed me throughout my entire life, literally introducing me to sex at a time when you shouldn't have been introduced. Yeah, to you're, you shouldn't be. Introduced. How old were you? Uh, about five, I think four or five, something like that. It's amazing. Most we people just moved back from oh, what, what? most people can't remember what they did when they were five, but you, that, Oh dude, I have so... vivid and vivid memories starting around around three or four i yeah. mean i don't remember all of it but i mean i have very vivid uh uh tangible memories um and also you know i of course i have to always um assume that there could be some romanticizing uh, in my own brain you know like do you really remember moments exactly the way, even as an adult, yeah. do you remember a moment exactly how it went down? Or do you have their, their you know, there's all, all kinds of studies on this kind of, you know, you remember somebody wearing a, a black suit when they were wearing a, a blue suit or whatever. I don't know. I'm not professing. I know everything that happened to me exactly when I was a child, but I know what happened to me. It's when so I was crazy. You said that yeah. because I've never really talked about this, but the same thing happened to me. It was another kid. Oh, so they did happen. And I never have talked about it, yeah. but now that you've talked about it, I feel like, oh, fuck it. This is the first time you talked about it. I think this might be the first time that I've talked about this, wow. like on this. But, you know, I, I talked to my therapist about it. I go, um. Oh, so you've talked to your therapist yes, about it? Okay, yes. Okay, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I said, um, has this affected me? And he looked at me and said, no. It, it didn't affect you. Because the person was so, it was young. You were both young. It's hard to explain because you looked at me like, wait, wait, what are you saying? What I'm saying was they weren't old enough to think they were a teenager. I was young. We were similar in age. It was, you know, but I, I it felt like I was like, but this was still wrong. This was still something that I, I, I blocked out for many, many years. And then I told him about it and I, I really wanted him to tell me. Yeah, you're fucked up because of this. And he said, you're not. It didn't well, affect you. Well, wait, 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 wait. I mean, but this but that's a that's a big statement. S well, it's a big statement, but it's also a big spectrum. Like uh, you oh, might you might not you might not be fucked up by it, but 
I, I'm sorry, I don't agree that you weren't affected. Every single thing that happens in our day affects us. What I'm saying is, how old was the person that, you know? I mean, I think that that kid was like two years older. So it was a seven and a five-year-old. So something, something so like I that. think what my yeah, therapist never, was saying it was an exploration. Held, it was course, more of like well, yeah, not except, on my behalf. Yeah, but, I didn't want to explore. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing though is that I think that this kid. I mean, he, I, I think that his looking back on it with the with the now the the mind that I have and the heart that I have and the understanding that I have right. throughout my life. Clearly, that kid was being molested by somebody in his life. The, I, the way that all of that went down and the way that how it affected me then even after that, like, um, yes, sure. At, at young ages, kids are exploring and doing things and I, that's totally understandable. I'm not, it wasn't, I don't feel like it was um, an adult, you know, being a predator on me. Right. I, and, right. And, and, and by the way, I was trying to and say. I, and I never even judged the kid, but, but, my mom freaked out. See, nobody she, knew about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. Nobody knew was, about this. Yeah, so it, th- there was all kinds of effects. I mean, even if nobody knew about it, it still would have an effect on me. And when head. I say I blocked it out, I just didn't think anything was like, I was so young that I didn't think anything was wrong with it. So all of a sudden, I'm like 30. One day I just go, hey, that happened. Yeah, that happened. Wait a minute, that's that that happened. Wow. Why do I remember that now? It was the craziest fucking thing. I mean, and do you think you were affected or do you? Oh, I definitely, definitely was affected. I mean, that compounded by all of the other issues that I was going through oh, and yeah. held and carried throughout my childhood and having a psychologically abusive mom because she was psychologically abused and all of the ways that that manifested in my life as a kid and with my sisters and my stepdad who was also an abused he I guaranteed he was abused when he was growing up and then he became an abusive person when he was older and I wouldn't change any of it now at all because now I'm on the other side of it and can look back on it and actually appreciate the fact that it brought me to being healthy uh, or, or in a journey of being I mean I'm, sure. I'm not saying I'm completely you know absolved and this is all good and I'm like you know whatever thing yeah. level nine or whatever <laughs> I'm just saying I've now gotten to the other side of what that darkness that wanted to kill me was doing. And I was able to pierce through and love of friends and family and the tools that I learned in all that therapy to get through that darkness. And then from the other side of the darkness, be able to look back and go, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, all that happened and all of it led me to here. And I'm grateful for all of that stuff that led me to here, because now on this side, I get to talk about all that. Now we get to talk about that. Now we get to be a testimony to what that darkness was and how that darkness wanted to take us down and how we can get through that. And hopefully, hopefully there are people out there and, and not even hopefully, I know that they are because I'm, I've seen the t- tweets that we're both added on of the people who listened to our last podcast it's and so it resonated. So, it's unbelievable. It the, means so know, much to me because I had oh, no yeah, idea. Man. And you, I know it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man. I think that's why you're back. That's why it's like, you know, I wanted you to come back because there was a connection. There's a connection with the audience where it just feels like it's just, it's two guys talking about real shit. And like, you know, we're not thinking about what we're saying. Yeah, but that's your podcast in general. Everybody. Well, I, I try, I try to do that. I try I mean, to, for, I mean, bro, I've listened to many of your episodes, Kristen Bell, Doc Shepard, Topher Grace. You allow people a safe space to talk about their lives. And I, I think that's a really, I mean, look, part of it is you're, you're, 
one of us. You know what I mean? It's like you understand you're going to be able to like any great, you know, it's like Jimmy Fallon or James Corden or, you know, they've been on there. They understand that side. They're trying to make it a place that's safe where you can talk about shit. Unfortunately for them, unfortunately for you, you're doing a podcast that's literally called Inside of You. So <laughs> you get to we get to yeah. drop and they have like fair bombs and get real and, and they talk have eight, about they have seven minutes. They want to seven talk about minutes the product. They're, they're, middle yeah. America's yeah. watching yeah, and yeah, they, sure, you know they, sure. they can't be dirty. Sure, but sure. look, you know when you talk about your darkness and we've talked about it when I when you say you were so low when you did all these things and you went to you went to a place yeah 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 you went to a place that saved your life and I don't think we talked about that did we um I don't know how to, no I don't I don't think we probably got into much of the detail of that but yeah essentially how low like when I'm saying low where was it like is that you look in the mirror and you're like I don't like you and I want to jump off a bridge that was well that I don't like you was most of the time yeah i think that's most yeah, of yeah. my life i i didn't realize that that was abnormal until i went to therapy until somebody until one of my therapists was like i was talking about the various things that i was upset with about myself and where i felt like i was a failure i mean basically i i ended up in all of that because i thought i was completely failing my life and all of the blessings i had been given and the position i had been given and the platform and the privilege and i i was should have accomplished more i hadn't accomplished more uh, I was on the outside looking in and I would always be on the outside looking in and given all of this opportunity and, and possibility and I failed it. And no matter all of the things. You that always I had, felt like a failure? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Because, because and again, I didn't understand this until I went through therapy where you you look back through all of the mental illness. You look and you go, oh, oh, whoa. That's why I felt like a failure. That's why... I would shit all over myself when I would do the smallest thing that I thought was uh, the wrong thing. And I, by the way, would take forever to even make a decision a lot of the time because I, I, I became very accustomed to growing up in my household. Uh, my mom was a borderline personality, borderline personality with narcissistic tendencies. My mom needed she was so bereft of her own self-love and self-worth and had no idea how to feel it other than to uh, try to extract it out of other people. And often that came down to being abusive because if you could, if you could thrash and hurt, then people will go, Oh, you must be really hurt. Oh, let me, and now I'll, I'll come love you. Now I'll come love you. And then when you learn that's how you get love now, it's manipulative. Maybe one hundo bro. Like, totes 100 it's that but 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 they Shit. don't even but they don't even know it right so my, my mom as a borderline personality borderline personalities are it's like if they're in a good mood nothing can go wrong and if they're in a bad mood nothing can go right let's say you know these these are just kind of very you know gross general examples but if i were to talk to my mom and she's like oh yeah you want to bring home bring food home for us to eat tonight cool great anything in particular no you know just grab whatever and that was at let's say uh, 3 p.m. then by 7 p.m. if i showed up with chinese and she was in a bad mood or not in a good place it was you, you fucking like why would you bring chinese why this is the stupid you know it was nothing but you failed, you failed, you failed. And by the way, my stepdad Jesus. was not a borderline personality, but my stepdad was like his father was a Eins, zwei, drei, like, 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 
whipped him into the life that he lived, which ended up being, he was like a prodigy violinist and insane guitar player and piano player still is, I'm sure. Brilliant, brilliant man. He was abusive in that the standards he lived under when he was growing up are the standards that he applied to me and my sisters, and they were impossible. Impossible. They were so, so, so high. So my stepdad provided this level that was impossible to ever reach. Like, I remember the first time I made my stepdad laugh, and I was somebody who made everybody laugh because I was a spazzy fun kid who like doing Urkel and yes exactly. dude, bro I'm telling you like we have there's a lot so many similarities yeah yeah but I you know I just like to entertain people and everything and my stepdad was impossible to please and I remember the first time I made him laugh and it was like everything it was everything I couldn't believe that I made him laugh and my mom was a fucking slob and my stepdad was super OCD that led to all kinds of tension in our house, including like us kids who learned from our mom. And so we would leave our shoes by the front door or wherever we'd leave in a place. And my stepdad would flip the fuck out, man. He would just flip out. Like what are these shoes doing here and all that, you know, and these are us three kids who are growing up in this house. By the way, you know, just for, for the record, just to throw it out there, I think that stepdads can tend to be, or at least up to this point in history, get a really fucking rough job because you end up being called in to support a family that oftentimes you don't even have a say in, you know, you're, the kids are going to run back to mom and say, I don't want to do what this new guy is telling me to do. And then the moms being maternal want to protect their kids. And my stepdad, like his situation was untenable. It was, it was gnarly, but regardless, no excuse to his behavior, but you know, he, he was a, he was an aggro guy because he li- he was so high wound. Like he was an architect and an audio engineer and a crazy, incredible musician and all like he was brilliant, as was my mom. But my mom was brilliant in all these other ways and was also like completely a mess in her heart and in her head and didn't realize it. And I had untenable, uh, like never going to reach heights bars that my stepdad set and then i had untenable because it's a moving target bar from my mom you don't know if bringing chinese home is going to make her happy or piss her off depending on the mood she's going to be in when you get home and this all got worse and worse and worse as we get older and you know and so do you think like when uh you gotta let's say you watched uh Obviously not. Now you're 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 better. You're you're you've been working on yourself oh, man. for a long time. Oh man, but yeah. Could well, you... the last year and a half has saved my life. But, okay, sure. so let's say rewind to right before the last year and a half. Sure. And you're watching an episode of Chuck, or you're watching an episode of something you've been sure. in, or whatever. Can you look at yourself then and go, God, look how great you are? Did you feel like you were overcompensating with, aren't I great? Aren't I great? Were you like that at all? Because I felt like I was like that for a long time. Like. What'd you think? What'd you think, Dad? What'd you think, Dad? What'd you think, Dad? Because my mom was sort of like that, where she was like, aren't I a good writer? Am I pretty? Am I pretty? And my dad was like, finally, he got to be passive aggressive, where he was like, yeah, you're so pretty, Julie. Yeah, we all think you're so pretty. Because he was pushed to, like, it was like a colander, my therapist said, where it's like water goes through a colander. You know what I mean? It just keeps going through. So she never, the sustainability of, uh, of like her worth her worth yeah. and i think that i i i dealt with that and i've dealt with that a lot I, I think i still do but i'm i've been working on that well but following up on that metaphor and this is why self-love is so important it's i i think maybe the most important thing i think all of mental health can be rooted to starting at at, at least in part 
by some deficit in someone's understanding of themselves and uh, uh, love of themselves and uh, worth of themselves. When we can know, love, and appreciate and be patient with ourselves, that's when we quite literally fill all the holes of that colander and make it a bowl. And then when people are being genuinely kind and loving and supportive, it's not just going through us. We can receive it. You can hold it. You can believe it because you already believe it yourself to begin with. You hear this, Tyler? He's pretty bright. Like he could be a, he could be a therapist. I appreciate all that. Well, but uh, if you're out there looking for professional help, go and seek professional help. Inside of you is a place for us to talk to you and point you to that. And the things we talk about here. And what helps us. Yeah, 100%. Might, what helps 100%. us might not yeah. help you, but yeah. it might make you understand that you're not alone. That's the most important thing. Exactly. That's exactly. the most important. And, and, and Zach, um, which comes to my next question. <laughs> which brings us brings to, us next to my next yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had tequila. Say it. Just say, say it. it. I think you and I have both had, and look, we can edit this if you want. I think this is just honest. No, it's not You're a good-looking guy. You've been out with many women over the course of your life. You've uh, had relationships. I have. I've. Uh, you're better looking than me, but I've also had relationships. I've. I've been. I've been. What are you nodding your fucking head, Tyler? No, Tyler's it's, it's like, true. Oh, yep, it's true. But I mean, I have the potential. I have to darken on my hair, get a little buff. No, but what I'm saying is, you stupid. So I can't like what people look at me and they go, "Why are you single?" And I look at you and I go, "Why are you single, Zach?" And do you think maybe more than ever that you are ready to finally like to be? Because look, I know you answer that question, and then I want to ask you. I'll tell question. you when I'm, I'll tell you when I know that I'm ready. Okay, I'll tell you when I when, when I'll, I'll know for sure that mm -hmm. I'm ready for that. Relationship. What woman are you looking for? No, no, no. That, that doesn't matter. That, well, it does. no, it does matter, but. The area of my life that I've always struggled with, always doubted, was always like, I don't know that it's going to happen, was my love life. I always mm. was like, Me too. you know, my, 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 still struggle with my it. dad married my mom. They divorced. My dad never even dated another woman after my mom. My dad is still a just rolling solo dude, never dates women. It is, he's also an interesting cat in his own right. And my two uncles who grew up with my mom under my grandma, who psychologically abused all of them, those two bachelors pretty much lifelong my one uncle tim he got married for a hot second it was very similar to kind of what happened with me and my ex-wife and that didn't work and they parted ways and they've tried mike mike and tim have both tried but the uh, the abuse that they suffered literally under my grandma was gnarly and particularly how it affects their ability to then go and relate in relationships as as I was afraid that it was doing the same thing to me. And it was doing. Were you because you were comparing everything, every red flag to, oh, that reminds me of my mother. No, oh, that it no, wasn't that. No, 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 no. I don't think it's that obvious. I, I, I think, you know, Carl Jung uh, was kind of the first, I believe, to really tap into the concept that we marry our parents. We, we You might think that you're like, oh, that reminds me of my parent. I'm I'm going to veer away from that you're not you're you're unless you do the work the deep healing work in you you are going to be attracted to qualities to a to a relationship that you feel like you need to satisfy you need to fix you need to make whole and when we have Jesus Christ, broken relationships Zach. with our parents 
particularly guys to their moms and girls to their dads. That's why you have mommy issues and daddy issues and all that kind of stuff and why you attract what you should not be attracting and why that person is attracting you when they shouldn't be attracting you. All of that Jesus is tied. All of that Christ. is tied to that, bro. Yeah, all of that's tied to that. So, so where are you? There are a you? lot of reasons. Well, okay, so there are a lot of reasons why I God. had a lot of doubt in all that. Then I went and did the most important work I ever could have done in my life, which was loving myself, learning to love myself, learning to truly understand the depths of who I was, to forgive myself, to to allow myself to have erred so many times in my life, knowing that that wasn't because I ever meant to. It was because I got bad fucking programming, man. This is what we get. We have got to accept the fact that you get a certain operating system downloaded into you throughout your life, and you we have to accept that, you know what? We all need a fucking update, all of us. Some people only need, like, you're at, like, version 4.5 and you need like, to go to 5.0. I'm at like ColecoVision right so you now, might right? be. You never I, know. I need to fucking... You never know, but that's what good therapy helps us to do, to reprogram what is fucked up. Going back to the aluminum can. Will you start as a nice, smooth undented aluminum can when you're born and throughout your life you're just getting dinged and dinged and dented and dented and dented. You're still there. You're the can. But look at how mangled you are. That's your that's your ego holding you and protecting you through all that time. And what we need to do is literally just stomp on that aluminum can and throw it in the recycling bin because that's the ego that's there to help you survive and you don't need it anymore. Now what you need to do is go and actually be in touch with who you really are and love who you really are. Before it's and too fucking late. who you really are. Before it's too late. My, it's for gay, my it's mom. Gay. Yeah. It was too late for my mom before she passed away. But having done all, well, continuing to do all of that, it's a lifelong process. You're never out of it, nor should we be. You should always be in touch with where you're at in your heart, in your mind, in your body. And you should always be valuing it. And you should always be working toward being, I believe, the healthiest, strongest, most efficacious version of who you can be in this world to make it a better place. And if we all do that, it's going to be super fucking groovy, I promise you. But to be able to do that work and continue to do that work, and on the other side of that now, I think I'm finally in a place where I'm not genuinely worried about my romantic life anymore, and I believe that I will be ready. I'll know that I'm ready. When there she presents As it. soon as it, I know that I've met her. He or she has presented. In my case, she, but yes, okay, yes. in other people's situations, I just, I just didn't want to assume that. <laughs> it's, t- it's totally co- fine. Yeah, yeah. We're in a world where we can. I be, know. You, I, you know, yeah. it is. This but is, as a heterosexual God. man. It... Okay, so you are heterosexual. We've gotten there. Because <laughs> I was thinking about right now, I was like, Zach, maybe I'm the one. I mean, maybe. you were looking at me longingly. Well, Tyler. My, Michael does ask every guest this question, though, when they come on. What? If he definitely gay? needs. Well, you just definitely need to confirm everybody's sexuality. And you have like a, a chart, you know, that you keep. It's kind of disturbing a little bit. No. No. Who do I think is who have no. I thought, who have I thought was gay? Well, I was joking. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, everybody thought I was gay for a very long time. In fact, a lot still do. A lot of people, a lot of people think that about a lot of people. I mean, it's fine. I'm comfortable with well, my not, sexuality. I'm yeah, that, I mean, that's one thing I'm comfortable with my sexuality. But you know, I don't I don't get weirded out by stuff like that. And I think I do I do look back and I go, you know what? Thanks, mom. One of the few things I will thank you for, which for is- 
just like she was never homophobic. She had a gay friend who had AIDS, who we didn't even know what that was back then, who worked at the grocery store. She had an African-American friend in this little southern town. She had she was very liberal. She was uh, yeah. pro-choice. Yeah, yeah. She was uh, she was just like in all these things that were maybe seemed embarrassing at the time because everybody else was looking at her like embarrassing to whom to her. Well, no, like people around like like your mother, like to me in high school. Oh, embarrassing to you. Your mother's liberal. She's pro-choice. She's this. She's that. I'm like, oh, my God, Mom, shut up. Stop writing articles. But like, those are the things that I do look back and I go, well, thank God I had that upbringing where my parents were liberal like that. Yeah, yeah. Where we we learned to love. Like, I know it sounds so fucking hippy-dippy trite, but, like, all you need is love. Like, Love is all you need. Love is all you need, bro. (laughs) Like, for real, for real. And I'm not saying – I'm not saying – on a technical level, that's true. But on a kind of broad philosophical level, I really do think it's true. I think that I if think we can right. genuinely, if we genuinely can learn to love ourselves Respect, yes. first and foremost, to see ourselves in a mirror, to accept ourselves for who exactly we are in this moment right now, not being affected by the social paradigms and and pressures and comparisons and all of the things that fuck us up on a regular basis, particularly when it comes to social media. And we can finally just say, none of that has any bearing on my worth as a human being. My worth as a human being is dictated quite literally by the fact that I am. I exist. I am here. Life itself, going back to something you were saying earlier, dude, I think that what we need to do, I want to create a a new baseline of what is agreed upon truth and agreed upon philosophy as we move forward as a people. The baseline ought to be, now that we live in a world that's completely connected by the internet, by news, by television, by satellites, by travel, by all of it. We don't live in a world that's all segmented and and disparate. We don't live in the 1300s where the people in Europe had no idea that China even existed until Genghis, or rather Genghis, because that's how you pronounce his name as I came to find out in a, another podcast called Hardcore History. Uh, but Genghis Khan going and literally dominating the making the Mongolian empire and then somebody like Marco Polo going what's going on over there's a there's people over there like that wasn't that long ago in the course of human history right and we now we live in a world where we're all connected whether we like it or not which means we can all galvanize to start fighting for what is and should be baseline fucking truth if we don't do that we're not going to make it if we do do that you know when um, people talk to you and they say adages like, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. Which, by the way, I, I fully believe in. And uh, case in point, I wasn't able to handle a blessing like Shazam until I went and did the very, very... Could you have handled You would not have been able to handle it? No, I, don't, I, I believe no, because I, I think that's part of the reason why I hadn't been given that opportunity. I, I really do believe that that was God wow. protecting me from me. You know, unless you've worked out enough and gotten strong enough and healthy enough, you can't go lift certain amounts of weight. You could say, yeah, give me, give me, put fucking 200 pounds on this thing. And all of a sudden you're, you'll you're, fail you're, if you're, you're not you're prepared. Crushing, you're crushing mentally, emotionally, physically, all of it, all of it. Going and getting the healing that I got in my heart 100% without any question in my head my or in my heart, the Shazam came from that, from going and doing that work and healing myself so that I could then go and be a more complete person to go and 
create that character and go champion the movie on the press tour and all of it. You did this last time you came on. What? You did that. Well, you say something so profound and it makes me think, I need to do what Zach did. He's figured it out. Even though you're figuring it out, I know you don't want to take all the yeah. credit. Like, I'm fig- look, we're all figuring it out. But I think there's definitely that feeling of, for me that I need to go before I could be the best person I could possibly be. Sure. I need to really love myself. I need yes. to really find yes. out. Yes. You know, I, because look, I th- I do think I can be a great person at times. I think I I, I think I innately am a good person. I, I think, you know, do I say the right thing all the time? Am I patient? I'm not very patient all the time. Do I, you know, I, I'm very thoughtful, but sometimes I can't be. I'm, I'm impatient. There's all these things I said. You have to, hey, Michael, you have to forgive yourself. You have to accept yourself. You have yeah. to, you have to give yourself a break. I know. None of us is conditioned to do that. We how, are li- how do you we do that? How do you give yourself a break? You by did. acknowledging that you are of worth. But how do you do that? Out. Well, <laughs> you went somewhere. I I went somewhere and I got literally all of the things that I talked about before, and right. it was a, an exorbitant amount of uh, therapy of. Uh... Yeah, but also like stupid expensive and something that somebody like only in a in a positions like ourselves are able to afford which quite honestly i left something like that and i i've recently bought we've we've talked about this i bought this property out in texas to go build a film studio that's also kind of a resort or whatever i don't know it's going to be a commune i don't know what i don't know what it's going to be ultimately but you're welcome anytime you will Um, i'll be there one of the things that i left that therapy with was oh yeah, this isn't fair to get healing, at least where I got it, in a place that is unattainable for most people. So what I want to do, I was so empowered. Like, I leave in there, I was like, fantastic. I've got 75 acres in Texas where I'm going to go build these festival grounds, and I want to create a place where we have literally just deep therapeutic spiritual retreats where people can come and get healed and go live better lives. Dude, if I do nothing else in my life, but invest in the futures and the hearts and the minds and the lives of other people to give them a better opportunity to go live better lives and go make the world a better place. I'll be fine. I'll be happy. I love that I get to do what I do. I love that the, the God has given me such an incredible platform to go and do all the things that I get to do. And, and I love being an actor. I love entertaining. I love making people laugh and bringing joy. And dude, Shazam, what an incredible thing. It's done doing well and the reviews are good. But more than all of that is looking at the responses that I see on social media where people say, I have not had that much fun in the movies, in a, in a movie theater in years. I feel joy and I go, fuck, yes, this is, this is one of the biggest reasons I got into what we even do to go and bring joy. But more than that, if I really want to bring joy, if I can go help people heal, then they can really feel joy. Then they can really feel love. When we can love ourselves, then we can really go love other people. When we can take care of our situation get the healing that we need to get, then we can really help other people heal. And if we've done the work for us, on us, and healed, in that same way that then I think the blessings and those other things can come to us, as a people, if we can, I I think the same paradigm might, might also apply to us as 
quite literally the human race. If as a human race, we can come together and we can figure this shit out and we can stop hating each other and stop dehumanizing each other and seeing each other and loving each other and seeing the life that is across from us in the eyes of somebody who might have been your mortal enemy before, but you've realized they just, we didn't know better. We didn't know better. Let's, we have to collectively forgive. And if we can do that and we can start moving forward, bro, it's, Star Trek Next Generation. We're literally going to be spaceships, warp drive. We're going to have replicators. We're going to have holodecks. We're going to be visiting other planets. It's going to be bomb as fuck because I think that's when we as a people show, we're able to handle the new cool shit. Let's have the new cool shit. We can't handle the new cool shit right now. Did you did you see Bob Lazar, the documentary on Bob Lazar? No. That's just cool on aliens and (laughs) shit. It's just cool. If you listen to things and just try to be an honest, a better person, and you make me want to be a better person. So listening to you, I I start to think my mind starts to wander. I think I want to go to this ranch. Yes. But by the way, um, and if I could afford the place you went to before, I do need to do that because I think I need to take I need to take a little time because, look, things are always knock on wood. I feel like, you know, people always like, you know, how are you doing? What are you up to? And I think that's the, always the big question where you're always concerned about the answer. You're like, oh, I have to say that I'm doing so much. And I do feel like I do a lot. I'm always writing. I'm always doing these things. But, you know, I think that I keep so busy with so much in my life that I don't focus on those really important things, like myself. Because I, I, I fly to my, see my grandfather who's um, declining from Alzheimer's, to say the least. And I fly out there. I'm going there every two months to see them. And... um I talk to my sister all the time and, you know, I know she had a rough childhood too. And, uh, you know, I'm always there and I feel like, but I think it's time that, and I'm speaking for all of us out there is to take care of yourself, take care, even if it's a day a week or, or a month or a, a weekend, I think I need to just learn to be really alone, really learn to be at one with myself. And then you're right. I think and look, it's, I'm not saying this because uh, it, the incentive is like, because I want to be in Shazam too. <laughs> also, <laughs> it's because I think I want success on all levels. I want success. I want a relationship that's successful. Yeah, I want totally. I want to have, uh, you know, I have great friends. I just want to be a better friend, a better person. I think that's why I did the podcast. But I think I also need to work on, you know, myself. Well, look, I, 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 I love that this is where we're, we're kind of circling back to because this is where we started. And you were talking about, we were talking about hosting and, you know, girlfriends and me like, you always want to hang out with everybody else and blah, blah, blah. And you know, what, what does that say about you? There are, um, there are myriad things that it says about you or, or could be saying about you. Some of those things, 100% are indicative of needing to love yourself more so that you don't feel the need to, be around others or have those other outlets that are feeding your self-worth that we particularly as outgoing people who uh, are in the arts and also have a love and a lust for life and for hosting and gathering people, all of those things can get pretty blurry sometimes, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, bro. We're all meant to do different things in this world. That's one going back to the Enneagram. That's one of the beautiful things I love about it is that it really lays out a lot of that. We serve society. We serve each other in different ways. We can't all be this personality type or that personality type. We're only going to 
it'll be a boring world. We all have different personality types, I, I believe, for very specific reasons. Yeah. And so if you feel compelled, like beyond the need to, you know, and it's, and again, it gets gray, but you can figure it out. And you're an enlightened enough person and has gone therapy long enough that you know when you're doing something, you're like, oh, I'm I'm trying to fill. A people pleaser or. I'm trying to fill something. Yeah. But you also know the joy that you bring when you bring people together and you offer a safe space for them to enjoy life in a way that they might not otherwise. That is a gift. Don't ever let that shit go. Not everybody is given the opportunity to go and bring joy to other people. And that joy to me is one of the most valuable currencies that we can ever have and trade in in our lives. If we can go bring joy to people, if we have a place to gather in, not everybody owns a home, not everybody has a big enough place to gather 20 or more people, have barbecues, have get-togethers, host birthday parties. My neighbors hated me in Studio City because (laughs) I loved hosting people i just loved hosting people people needed a place for a birthday come have a birthday in my place you want to yeah it's an anniversary come have an anniversary we're hanging out on the weekend (laughs) hang out on the weekend we had a party like all that stuff and i don't regret any of it was i using some of that to cover my own deficit of self-worth for sure 100 and that is where you don't do something if it's affecting your growth that was affecting my growth but you don't just give up something if it's not affecting your if you're st- if you know that you're continuing to grow and become a better, wiser, stronger, healthier, more enlightened person that can do more good in the world and still balance the giftings that you've been given as a person which have hosting included in them and hospitality in them and fun in them yeah People need fun bringers. I love being a fun bringer. I love hosting dance parties. By the way, what saddens me is a this has been an yeah we got to stop right? interview, but like I don't think we can go to dinner now because we're passing that threshold. That's okay, you know. But I want to no, I, I want to go with you. But I, I think you you got things going on. But listen, I want to say this: Does anybody have they started writing Shazam too? Yeah, they're starting. They're doing it now. Is that already known? I mean, it was announced on. It was announced. I should have known the that. interwebs. Yeah, that. The Are inter- you going to be? Just- <laughs> I couldn't even say that. I don't. Know, I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, I think. Uh, Did you have a deal where it's like you know you already know what, how much money you're going to get in the second one if it becomes a success? Well, there's guidelines. There's rough guidelines. I want five million. <laughs> this made a hundred million already. More than that. Oh yeah, internationally, yeah, more than that. Yeah. You got you folks got to go see it. Look, I, everybody probably listening has seen it, but you know, it's, I hope uh, everybody does. Honestly, I I I I know that getting up and going to the movie theaters is a joy. It's a chore. Is it no well, fuck chore? I love it if the movie's good. I've yeah, but you so but much- you're not married and you don't have kids and you don't have to get a sitter and there's a lot of things that go on. There's a lot of things that go on, and so I'm saying I know that for not for everybody, not for, it, it's not the easiest thing for everybody to do. What I would say, and I know I'm biased clearly because I'm Shazam in Shazam, but I I I really believe that it is a movie that brings legitimate joy. joy. Absolutely. And if you want to feel that and I think we all need to feel that particularly now more than ever in some ways it's worth the time, it's worth the money and it's worth seeing in a theater because 
the, you get the amplified crowd energy yes. with that and with a joyous experience that makes the joy like times 10. Yeah. It's, it's an even more like genuinely more joyous experience than if you just sit at home. And I, watch t- it. I tested for the, or not, I tested, but I read for the Adam Brody part. I didn't do well. You know, that's the role that I originally auditioned for that they saw and then said, we, we think you're our Shazam. Really? I read. Yeah, I didn't for... get any thought for any other characters. <laughs> That was it. Well, but Peter Safran promised me he's going to try and get me in the second one. We're going to. Get, we're I know gonna... some people in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I know you. Well, I don't know that we know each other, but <laughs> dude, this has been an honest to god truth. It always is. I just it just goes on and on about like no, I, dude, I can't it, stop talking. No, but about it's it. life, man. Mental health is the most important thing we can be talking about right now. Yeah, I really I'm gonna, you know it. I'm going to email really you it. tomorrow. Yes, that's the thing. We all deal with the same shit in different ways. Yeah, totally. So we just have to all help each Which other. Which means we're not alone. Great messages. The messages. We're not alone. You're not alone. Uh, I love you, Zach Levi. Love what else too, you got man. going? You are on the uh, magnificent Mademoiselle. What was it called? <laughs> what the fuck was I love? I love. I watched the the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh my god! You know, yes. I don't know how you did some of those wonders, man. How'd you learn your lines? It was gnarly. A wonders like you know nar-nar. four minutes of straight yeah, lines, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it was it was amazing. It was an incredible challenge and. I think Amy Sherman Palladino and Dan Palladino oh and Rachel Brosnahan and Alex Borstein and Tony Shalhoub and Kevin Pollack and I mean every, it's just a tremendous and all all the department heads all of the producers everybody yeah. it's a, del- a delight of a show that I got to slip into their jet stream and literally grab a SAG award on the way out like it was just Jesus stunning look I, so uh, you'll come back and interview me within yeah. the next year one hundred percent I love it I love Tyler it. did you have a good time. For sure. Thank you, Zach Levi, for allowing me once again to be inside of you. Oh, man. Once again. Oh, yeah. It felt even better the second time. <laughs> it really did. It really did. <laughs> I, I have so much more I want to hear from you. It's so enlightening. Thank you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.